says I can do, I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. So we did have a couple weeks of guest speakers in-house. Our own Stephen Phelan did an awesome job. Yeah, Stephen. And then Pastor Monica um, last week coming in from Anaheim, bringing a prophetic word to our body was well received. Um, But we're going to jump back into our series called Overcoming Faith. We're going to talk more about faith. I'm telling you, we can never learn enough about faith because we're so tempted to live like the world lives, right? And walk by sight and walk in our performance and our earning. And God is continually instructing us through his word. You're of a different kingdom now. And there's different system in this kingdom. And what makes it hard to live as a Christian when you try and live in his kingdom with the ways of the world. That's the only time the Christian life has gotten hard for me. I don't know about you, but people say, oh, the straight and narrow path, it's so hard. No, your way is hard. Walking with Jesus, the benefits, the blessings that he is near me, this is the greatest life. What what gets hard is that you try to live the Christian life doing it the way the world does. Earning, striving, going based on what you see. But when you catch a hold of faith, This will transform everything about your Christian life. We walk by faith and not by sight. And this has to get so deeply embedded in us. And and even like this week, as I'm going through some things, you have a choice all the time, don't you? Okay, this situation came up. How am I going to respond to this? Am I going to let my mouth just overrun with fear and doubt? And am I going to say no? In this situation, I'm going to stand on the word of God. I'm going to believe your promises and you will stop yourself from going down that spiral. This is available to us. This is the power that we have in the name of Jesus to not live like everyone else. We've got to live differently. We are different. So today we're going to be talking about words of prayer. So Father, we come before you. We know that you want to speak. You always want to speak. You have so much to say. So I pray I would just fade out. Your word would be going forth, tailor-made for every person here. We delight to hear from you today. So speak. Your word does not return void. It will accomplish that for which you set it out to. So we're open to receive from you this morning. Speak directly to where we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So we studied recently about how Jesus was with some of his disciples and they were walking the journey from Jerusalem to Bethany and back again. And at one point Jesus saw this fig tree and he walked close to the fig tree. It had no fruit on it. And he spoke to the fig tree and says, I curse you fig tree. No one will ever eat fruit from you again. And then the next day they're walking back the road, the other direction. And one of the disciples is like trying to elbow Jesus, like the fig tree. It's totally dead. It's withered. You just said this. And the next day it's dead. And it says that Jesus does not even respond to the disciple. He doesn't even really, it doesn't say anywhere that he stops to look at the barren fig tree or the dead withered fig tree. He goes on to say, just as we had been reading in Mark 11. So Jesus answered them right away and said, have faith in God. For assuredly, he's trying to teach them. I say to you, whoever, no one is disqualified, whoever, that's you, that's me, anyone says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. 
That sounds good, huh? That sounds almost too good to be true. That's why he says assuredly. He says, you're going to be, you're going to be tempted to not believe what I'm about to tell you. But this is true. Assuredly, I say to you, you can speak to the mountain. This is not um, him telling the disciples, speak to God about the mountain. He's saying, you can speak to this mountain. You can speak to this circumstance. You can speak directly to this thing and cause it to be changed. You have that authority. You have that dominion in your life. So verse 23 is talking all about saying and believing, saying and believing, believing what you say and it will be done. And verse 24 goes on to say, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I love this. He says, have faith in God, whatever you say, whatever you pray, if you do not doubt, but believe you will have them. This is a powerful combination between speaking and saying and believing. And now he's going to teach us. Jesus is teaching us this morning. This is red letters. This is stuff that Jesus is teaching. And I don't know about you, but I am learning to get my cues about the father from Jesus, his son, because I don't know anyone who knows the father quite like the son. So when Jesus is teaching us and telling us, listen, this is how he really is. This is what I want to tell you today, that if you pray and you believe you will receive whatever you have asked for, whatever you have prayed. I know, isn't that wild? This is one of those things. Your mind just wants to say, this cannot be true. You immediately want to doubt this principle and this truth. That's why God has to say these things through his word over and over and over because we're so tempted to not believe this as truth. Now, this is Jesus talking to us, and we realize we are not God. We are not even the Son of God. So we're having to go by what Jesus is telling us. We are created in the image of God and with the capacity to do everything that they did. This you have to realize about yourself. You are an image bearer, and you are able to do the things. It says, Jesus says, I got to go. But I'm going to leave you this power, this Holy Spirit, and you're going to do greater things than I have ever done. Yet we get to these situations to be like, Jesus cursed a fig tree and it withered the next day. And we don't even think that we can live that radical life. We're, we're tempted to just live ordinary, average lives, taking what comes our way and just dealing with it as it comes, not prayerful or believing for anything, just kind of being lulled through life. Yeah, this is what happens. I'm telling you, I'm not living that way that God has given us dominion, authority, his power, his courage, the Holy spirit. That we can live different. That we don't have to take it. We don't have to grin and bear it. We can live differently. And he's going to teach us today. It said in the beginning that darkness was over the face of the deep. Deep, deep darkness. And what did God do? He spoke. And it says there was light. He spoke the atmosphere into existence. The the land and everything with words. We studied recently how forceful are right words. You know how that is? You can use words and it says life and death is not in the power of the mind, but in the power of the tongue. It's not just what you think though. That is powerful and we have to guard it there. But the life and death, the ability to 
bring death to that tree was in the power of the tongue. Sometimes I've said this, we pray for crop failure on the words we speak. Cause if everything we believed and said came to pass, we would not like some of the things that were happening in our life. When I was a young mom, I used to say, you guys are driving me crazy. You know how you feel like that. And then I was like, I can't talk like that because if that came to pass, I don't want to go crazy. So you have to watch your mouth. Just like we say to our kids, watch your mouth. But I'm going to say it to us. Watch your mouth. These things matter. God is saying this to us and he's saying, assuredly, I say to you, whoever, this is not just the pastors or those really religious types. It says, whoever says to this mountain. I love that. I love that Jesus is, uh, is ascribing to you and I, that this is for you. This is not something you measure up to. Well, if you just get good enough and you just earn enough um, bonus points in God's eyes, then you can speak like this. You know what? We're not in a, 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 a kingdom that is based on you measuring up. He leveled the playing field. It's by grace that you've been saved, not through works that no man can boast. If I was in a kingdom and involved us something that I had to be good enough, then that would make it seem like there was people that would be disqualified. And I know my God, and that is not how he is. He would never make it based on your merit or your earning because that would leave some people out. It is based on him, his goodness, his son paying the price for you and I, that we come and all these benefits are not based on you and you measuring up and you being good enough. They're based on him. Jesus has paid the price so that you and I can walk this abundant life. And we just have to receive it by faith. This is the son of God talking to us. And this is true. What he's telling you is true. Even if your mind tells you, I don't see how this can be true because we're human and we have limitations. We think, how could this possibly be? But when you catch this in your life, pastor Jerry talks about that. When he caught this, this level of faith in his life, his life began to transform and change how he would approach situations and circumstances with the word of God and standing in faith and saying and believing and praying and believing. Let's go through verse 24. It says, therefore, why do we put what is therefore, therefore, it's kind of the, the tells you before what's really going to happen. Therefore, whatever, whatever you ask. Now this is not carnal things. This is not you asking for things that would cause God to defy his character to bring them to you. We're not talking about sinful things. We're talking about things within the realm of God's will for your life. And I'm telling you, there is so much in God's plans and will for your life. People aren't necessarily asking for things outside of God's will, but they're not even asking to walk in all that is inside his will for them. They're just not asking for much of anything at all. My dad used to tell me, Anna, God's will is like a football field. You just stay in bounds, but you walk through there and it is wide and it is lavish and there's much to receive and have in the benefits. You just stay in bounds. So we're not asking things out of bounds. When we approach the father, we're not asking him to do things for us that would cause him to deny his character and, and to lead into sinful things for you. I can't ask for a new husband. Oh, it's been what? 17 years. Okay. It's time for an upgrade. No, God's not going to answer that. And can you get better? Have you seen him? He is so good looking. 
He is so beautiful. And he's such a good husband, father, and leader. So anyways, I'm not saying that, but you know how we can be. We think, oh, let me just ask for this thing that's going to bless me. But to do it and to offer it to you would compromise God's character. Well, he's not going to do that. But there are things within the realm of his will that are available to you and I at all times. You don't have to be like, is this your will? It's always his will. And we can approach him according to what he's leading us to believe him for and ask in faith and we will have it. I know this is, I didn't, I didn't grow up like this. You know what I mean? I didn't grow up standing on the word of God like this. I would ask God, oh God, do you want to do this? And then if it didn't happen, like poof right away. Okay, I don't want that anymore. And then I would ask for something else. But I'm telling you, when I sat under the ministry of the rock, I received this spirit of faith in my life that said, no, I don't back down. We're not like those who shrink back. If I'm believing God for something, I stand and believe him to bring that to pass. I'm not asking outside of his will. I'm not asking. Asking things that would harm me or harm someone else. So why do we back down, lose hope and lose faith when we don't see it? We're supposed to stand in faith and believe the Lord until we see those things come to fruition. You got to get a little bit like righteous about these things. I'm not quitting. I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord. Come on. Whatever you ask, when you pray, believe that you have received them and you will have them. This is Jesus. I'm getting my cues from Jesus. This is Jesus teaching us how to approach God the Father when we pray. First John 5:14, it's not going to be up there unless no, I don't think I sent that to them, but it says, "And this is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask according to his will, he what? He hears us. He will not out act outside of his character and will not help us to sin. But if we ask according to his will, he hears us. We can stand on that. That's how I've been approaching prayer lately. I want to let you know that the Bible says that when we approach the Lord, he says, it says he bends down to listen, that you have a God who hears you today. And when you pray, knowing that he's listening, that is, that's breathtaking. That is incredible that he would listen. So many of us are not asking anything at all. Prayerlessness is a tragedy today. That there is much outside of the will of God that he will never give us. He only gives good gifts. But the sense is there is so much within the will of God that we are not asking for either. We must believe whatever things it says, whatever things you ask. He does not say whatever things you need. He says, whatever things you ask, God does not move only based on need. He did move and act at one point based on need. So he sent Jesus to solve the sin problem because we were in need of a savior. There was a need. So he solved that problem of need by bringing the provision because we had a need, but he solved that through Jesus. And now we are, we are right. And we can approach not needing uh, him to solve the initial problem, but we can approach and the gospel is now sent out, but we must ask. It's saying, I know you have needs, but you can't only come asking for your needs. If it was just based on need, doesn't the whole world need salvation? Yes, but he doesn't just save them all because of need. 
He is, you are saved because you call on the name of the Lord. You ask him to come and save you and you, you ask for redemption. So we cannot, we're not only motivated. He doesn't just go based on your need. He dealt with need. And now he's saying, now come and ask whatever things you, you want, you desire, not just your needs. But those things, them things, he says, whatever things, them things, ask for them things, God is saying. So he is so good. We must confess and ask. We must ask. What is the book of James says? We have not because we ask not. We think, oh, God knows what we need and what I want. The principle is not that, that, that he knows what we need. The principle is he's teaching us is ask, come ask. We must be asking the father. Listen to this. When you pause to consider that God is infinitely strong and can do all that he pleases and that he is infinitely righteous so that he only does what is right and that he's infinitely good so that everything he does is perfectly good. Come on. And that he is infinitely wise so that he always knows perfectly what is right and good and that he's infinitely loving so that in all his strength and his righteousness and his goodness and wisdom, he raises the eternal joy of you and I so high, as high as it can be raised. When you pause to consider this, this lavish invitation from God, the father to you and I to come to him and ask him for good things with the promise that he will give them This is unimaginably wonderful. This is God. This is what I would describe as breathtaking. That God of the universe is not just sitting up there. He's inviting you close to ask of him whatever you want, desire, need according to his will. It is his desire. Matthew 7, 7 says this. Ask. And it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who receives or for everyone who asks receives. Right there. That is incredible. Everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who if his son asks for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will give him a serpent if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him i love this so much because the promise says everyone who asks receives God is inviting you and I through this word to approach him, to come to him and and, and ask of him. It's the repetition he, he gives here is meant to say, I mean this. I want you to do this. Ask your father for what you need. Seek your father for the help you need. Knock on the door of your father's house so he will open the door and give you what you need and desire. Ask, seek knock. I invite you. He's inviting you three times. I really want you to enjoy your father's help. He's telling you, I really want to get this to you. And Jesus, his son is teaching us these things. He's like, I know, 
I know the father. I know him well. Whatever you ask, I'm telling you, he will do it. This is how he is. Do you know that God the Father is so relational? That's why he was so motivated to send Jesus, because he, he missed you. He desired reconciliation with mankind because he's relational at his core. So he's not saying, it is not bless the Father that you say, well, he knows what I need. And you just sit there. He knows what I need. No, he's relational. He wants you to come. He's inviting you and saying, come. I know I know what you need, but I love when you come. I love when you ask of me because I love to bless you. And I want you to know I heard you. And then I did it because I heard you. And it was right in line with my will and my good plan for you. It was my delight to answer you in this manner. So if we, he just did everything we needed, the whole world would be saved. I would have, I don't know, so many different things, obedient children. (laughs) My kids are good, but you know what I mean? But it's not just based. The principle is not, oh, he knows what you need. The principle he's teaching us is come ask, seek, knock. I want to open doors. I want to do things that you're not asking. He knows that we know that, that, that his, his will for us is to, to care for us. But there's something the father is teaching us about you approaching him and believing him and asking things of him. I have, my dad has this day timer, like they used to use them back in the eighties. Now we have our, our schedules on computers, but he still has this vintage day timer and he has typed in their names of all my friends from high school that, that didn't walk with Jesus, but would be in our house and their names are listed there. And he prays over their names to this day. I think, what am I 43? So that was a long time ago, but he's still asking the father for their salvation. These are things according to God's will. He's believing God for multiple things. He's coming before the father. We, you know, you can make a list. I have lists. I have dreams. I have things that I've approached the father about that I go back over and I'm saying, God, I just come before you. Not And sometimes I don't come and beg. I come and thank him. I thank him that he's already heard me, that I don't have, oh, please, Lord. No, I say, Lord, I thank you that according to your will, that you've heard my prayer regarding this situation. I'm expectant for you because everyone who asks receives. It's a promise. What are we believing God for? What are we asking of him? What are we seeking him for? Have we gotten prayerless just in this day? Maybe you've had an experience where it didn't seem like God came through, like you believed he would, or you saw something happen to a friend. And all of a sudden this experience is overruling what the Jesus tells you about God. So you're li- you're living your life based on an experience and a circumstance rather than on the truth of, the, of God's word in that situation. We got to deal with that because that will limit us. And the very things God is trying to do in us will be barren and we'll be stuck because we're saying, well, you, it didn't come come through. Everyone who asks receives. God promises you will receive. And sometimes I'm thankful he didn't answer me specifically as I prayed. He's done it better. Most of the time I find that his answers exceed because he, when you pray it out, something happens in the spiritual realm where God's like, oh, there she brought one out. And I've been longing to do some things in the midst of this situation. So God linked up with your faith. It is catalytic what God can do. But we can't just sit there and he knows what I need. 
I'm just holding tight. He sees me. No, you got to get up there and have some things that you're believing God for. So that when it manifests, you can be like, wow, God, you really heard me. And it builds faith in you. And then you rise. And pretty soon you're going to be like, what do you need? What do you need? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to believe for you. That's what happens. Got to be those people. Even better and more amazing than the three invitations, ask, seek, knock, you will find um, the door will be opened. It, it will be given to you. It says for everyone who asks, receives the one who seeks, finds and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Then at the end of verse 11, it says, how much more will your father give um, your father who is in heaven? Good, give good Good things to those who ask him. Seven promises. It will be given. You will find. It will be open to you. The asker receives. The seeker finds. The knocker gets an open door. Your father will give you good things. Surely the point of this lavish array of promises is to say to you and I, be encouraged to come. Pray to him. It is not in vain that you pray. God is not toying with you. He answers. He gives good things when you pray. It's like I ha- we have four kids and we have one son. He, get- he gets what he wants. That's all I have to say. The kid knows what he wants and he gets what he wants. He has been wanting this um, this jersey, this soccer jersey to dress up as this soccer player. So he, every day he was asking Joel. And if Joel wasn't within asking distance, he was seeking Joel to ask, right? So he's asking and then he's seeking. And if there was a door closed, even the bathroom door, he is knocking at the door and saying, dad, are you in there? Remember that soccer Jersey? Well, that kid got a soccer Jersey this week. He got a soccer Jersey. He got cleats. He got a soccer ball and all the other kids are looking at him like, why is he getting all this? He's asking, he's seeking, he's knocking. Every time he gets extra money, we had a bake sale. His sister paid him 10 bucks. He put that, he already knew what that was spent on. He knows what he wants and he approaches his daddy in confidence, knowing his daddy hears him because he's loud too. We are the loud family. I tell you what, our neighbor, I feel so bad for him. He can hear us. And I'd say, good morning, Scott. We really love each other. We're just, it's loud, but this kid is loud, but I'm telling you, you go ask him, does he not have the Jersey, the cleats, the soccer ball, and his list is growing, (laughs) but I'm telling you, if a child's father is present, He asks him for what he needs. If a child's father is somewhere in the house, but not seen, he seeks his father for what he needs. If the child seeks and finds the father behind the closed door of his study, he knocks to get what he needs. The point seems to be that it doesn't matter whether you find God right there immediately or or he's almost touchable with his nearness. Or he's hard to see sometimes and with barriers between sometimes, sometimes our own unbelief or things we're facing, he will hear and he will give good things to you because you look to him and not to another. Imagine if Harrison just said, oh, never mind. My dad's not going to do it. I'm going to go ask this other, my neighbor to get me a soccer. How weird would that be? (laughs) He probably would. (laughs) Do you know this kid? Pray for me. But I tell you, we'll be working for him. I'm telling you, he's caught this principle 
The kid gets what he wants. He is tenacious and it's not outside of God's will. We're not, he's not asking for bad things. He wants to play soccer and he wants to exercise, but he's, he's taught me a lot about his tenaciousness to come after. And there's sometimes I have to work with him and say, that would not be good right now. We're not getting you a motorcycle. Okay. (laughs) You're eight. But there are some things, you know, so this is how the father works with us. But he's teaching us here. I'm your good father. I want you to come to me. And those things that you think, listen to this. We often don't come and we don't believe we have access to ask for those who receive Jesus. Every one of them who asks receives good things from the father. The point is that none of his children are excluded from this. All are welcome and urged to come. Martin Luther saw the way Jesus is motivating here. He says this, he knows that we are timid and shy, that we feel unworthy and unfit to present our needs to God at times. We think God is so great and I'm so tiny. And if you knew what I did, and if you saw the baggage from my story, and if you saw me that night and the mess I was in, and we do that to God, and then we disqualify ourselves from coming. And the Lord is saying, we think that God is so great. We're so tiny and that we do not dare pray. That is why Christ wants to lure us away from such timid, Thoughts to remove our doubts and to have us go ahead and confidently and boldly come before the father and present your, not just your needs, but the desires that he's revealing. You ask for that. It's my good pleasure to meet that need for you. I love you that much. I desire to lavish and hear from you. When I was younger, I had a bunch of really bad cars. Like I just got inherited like the junkers, like my parents, when their car was like on its lap, like, Oh, give it to Anna. She'll drive it down the freeway and it'll break down and, and it'll teach her things. So I had several of those cars and I did learn a lot from those vehicles. It's like being in a bad relationship. That's what I felt like car trouble is. It's like one day you're all happy and then it breaks down and you're like, no, anyone had a junker where, okay. So this, I had this junker, this car was like this big. I bought it for $250 off of my mentor in Santa Barbara. And I had to like, go like this to get in it. But once I was in it, it was like a rocket. And I was blazing down the Riverside freeway one time after being at a a youth, like a youth event or something out in Laguna beach, I'm just jamming down the freeway. And then the car literally, it blew up. If you've ever, it sounded like a bomb went off and then it just died. It was like it pow. And then I was, I'm like, I don't know, maybe 19 years old. And I'm just like, what in the world do I do? So I start like just moving over and I just float off of the off ramp, um, in Riverside. It's not a good time of day to be alone. And I noticed there's a, um, a car repair shop right there. So I even, I think I had to find a payphone. That's how long ago this was. I leave the car and who do you think I call? I call my dad. We're in, we're in Riverside, but we live out in Palm Springs. And you know what my dad does? He gets in his car and he drives the 50 minutes and he, we leave the car there and then like called the next morning and we had to go back down and deal with it. But he didn't, why are you calling me? He was like, he always answered my calls. That's how my dad was. And the Bible says 
Even our earthly fathers being evil, even if our fathers were evil, they do, they don't give you a serpent when you ask for something else. They don't give you a stone when you ask for bread. And he's describing for us to understand the nature of our heavenly father. He is so good. My dad drove 50 minutes and he probably paid for that piece of junk to get fixed. And then he probably was nice to me all the way home. And some of us do not have nice daddies. And some of us had really painful stories. And so when we look at God the Father, somehow we associate that that if your daddy did not respond nicely to you, that you'll think, I'm in need here, but I can't go to him. Because he'll make me feel like a loser for, for asking like this or for not having it figured out. Or I might get busted, even showing need. Some people weren't even allowed to have needs. That, that, that you weren't even allowed to express your needs or, or live that way. So we approach God the Father in the same way. We don't ask for anything. We just grin and bear it. And we just, we're tough and we make things happen for ourselves. And God is dismantling that idea right now in your heart and saying, everyone who asks receives. And do you know what I'm like? My, his very son is teaching us this morning how to approach him. They, he's saying, you guys... You guys, if I could tell you one thing, he wants you to come. He wants you to ask. He wants to give good things to his children. He's not going to mess with you and you ask for this and he throws you some curveball. He only gives good gifts. He only gives good gifts. Thank you, Lord. We must come and we must ask, not just think in our heads. We must ask out of our mouths. It's not whatever you think up here that will come to pass. It says whatever you ask will come to pass. Why do you think when Jesus talks about prayer that he's so confident and so absolute? Why do you think he is so assured of this when he's teaching us how to pray? It says in John 16 verse 23, I say to you, whatever you ask that the father in my name, Jesus is telling us, he will give you. He's not, it's not like he might give you if you had a good week. He, he, he should give it to you, but I don't know. Maybe you messed up and that's not how he is. Do you know why I'm bananas for Jesus? Because I've caught on. He's not how people think he is. He's how the Bible shows you he is. This is what he's really like. And I'm spending a lot of my time approaching a scripture and getting to know what he's really like. And shedding all the ideas we had about him. So that we can receive all the benefits that he has for us. That are available to us. This is now. This is for us. Here and now. You don't have to wait. You don't measure up. You don't get on such a good. Oh, I've had a few good weeks. Now I can approach the father. Come as you are. You come in boldly and confidently. Jesus tells us you approach the father, whatever you ask in his name, according to his will, it says it will be done for you. You may have had your own experience, seen people's prayers unanswered. And like I said, we begin to essentially allow our experience to overrule the son of God. And we do that all the time. The circumstance or the experience becomes the word for us rather than what the word says. Our interpretation and understanding of what happened overrides what Jesus is telling us. This takes faith, you know. 
This takes a lot of faith, but when you catch this in your life, you will be radically transformed in how you approach the father. That's why faith is so vital. It's so vital because if we lose faith, we lose hope. And then we're, we're not praying for anything. We're just taking it as it comes. Well, I guess this is just my lot in life. You ever met people like that? Well, this is just how it's going to be. No. This is not how it's going to be. This is when we approach the word of God and we stand on his promises and we don't back down. I remember when I was working at Macy's and Joel was on staff at the rock in Anaheim and, and we were like that Bon Jovi song. Oh, we're halfway there. Oh, we're living on a prayer. That was us. We're always halfway to budget halfway on a prayer and God was caring for us. But when you have four kids and you're living in orange County and your salary just about covered your rent and maybe your, your gas, you need miracles. Anyone know about miracle seasons and Joel would drop me off and I would go into Macy's and I'd be doing makeup and pastor Jerry and Kimberly, our senior pastors, they love Macy's and, and they would be in Macy's and I would see them more at Macy's than I did at church because I was working (laughs) and I, I, I was working at Macy's, but I was getting faith on the inside of me. I was learning the nature of our God. And I was some, I mean, I grew up in a Christian household, but like I said, I didn't ask and then seek and then knock and then stand on the promise. I would ask and it didn't happen. And then I'd be off doing my own thing for a while. That's just how I functioned. But faith was rising up in me sitting in the atmosphere of the rock. And so I'm at Macy's and I'm doing makeup and I'm praying sales in. And I was, I would only work two days a week and I would be like top sales over the full time people. They'd be like, how did you sell that much on a four hour shift? I was here. Faith was coming. I was asking God for some things. And I started to be like, Lord, this is not enough income for us. I'm believing, you know, the Bible talks about, it says promotion comes from the Lord. He has the ability to set one up and put one down. We believe that promotion does not come for the East or the West, but he is the one who promotes. So I'm going to go to the source. I'm not dropping hints with my bosses or, or, or going at the rock and being like, Hey, you guys should really bring me on staff here. I went to the Lord and I said, I just believe we need more income, God. And, and I, what are we going to do? And I would petition him and I began to make my requests known. And I would ask of him. And sure enough, one day I get a call and the rock calls me. And they said, Anna, we feel, um, We'd like to offer you the position of of administrator for, for the kids church team. So I said, praise God, my salary tripled going into that position. I was there only a short time. And I began to walk the halls of kids ministry there in Anaheim. I would, I would fill goldfish. Uh, you know, we'd had to fill those containers in the kids church department. I would pray through the classrooms and I was beginning to have vision for kids church. I was like, I'm not the kids pastor or leader, but why do I have vision for this ministry? Well, because God was prompting me and doing something. Then it was a short time later. They called me in again. They said, this is going to sound wild, but, but we believe that God is saying that you're so to be the kids pastor of the rock. And I was like, wow. And I just began to see these big things begin to happen in my life. I I never lived this way. I never stood on the promises and felt like, am I allowed to ask for, for you to do this for me? And, and then it just started happening. And pretty soon I'm overseeing two campuses of, and my salary doubled again. There was no problem anymore. We weren't living on a prayer anymore. We were just praying more prayers. We're God, this is real. This is you. Do you do this stuff? 
And it was transforming my life. And pretty soon there in Anaheim, I'm catching this and the financial overflow and the blessing of God. So Pastor Jerry starts putting me on tithe and offering. So then I'm exhorting the congregation up there in front of a thousand people. Just tell them, you got to do this. And this is what the word says. And I'm catching this. And then look, here we are now. We're leading a a congregation of the church. um, And (laughs) Jesus is real. He's wanting you, he's telling you, would you tell them I'm going to obliterate doubt in the room? I'm going to tell them I have so much for them. Would they come close to the father and ask, and you're not asking things outside of his will or asking him to compromise his character. The father wants to give good gifts to his children. Listen to this. God is so faithful. I kept setting my faith, setting my faith, not backing down. I have a covenant I'm a child of God. You're a child of God. If you belong to him, you're his child. And listen to this. This is so good. Here's this encouragement to us. God will give good things as his children because he's already given us the gift to become his children. If he's already given you the gift to be called a child of God. Now you think that he's after he's done that. Now he's going to neglect you and leave you to fend for yourself. No way. This insight came from St. Augustine. For what would he now not give? What would he not now give to sons when they ask? When he has already granted this very thing. Namely that they might be sons. If he's already granted you the thing that you could be a child of God. How much more? We've already seen that being a son of God is a gift we receive from him. Jesus said to the Pharisees. If God were your father you would love me. But God is not their father. They reject Jesus, but not us. So not all are sons of God. But if God has freely made us sons, how much more will he give us what we need? Are you a child of God this morning? Are you hearing your father's heart over you? There's nothing too small that he doesn't want you to draw near about. And there's things bigger than you could imagine that you've kind of limited. I can't ask for that. That's the, I'm asking for some things you wouldn't believe if you saw my journal, because I understand it's not based on me. It's the father. And when we bear this good fruit, who gets the glory? So he's not looking for you to ask so that you get all like, look at me. I'm promoted. He knows that you, it'll glorify him when you walk in this dominion and this, this life with him. Are you catching the word of God? Got to go back to our prayer lists, people. This is the word of the Lord that he's telling us. He's wanting to ignite something in you. Even those deep recesses, those prayers that you kind of, you kind of, you say, well, maybe it's too late for that for me. No, it's not. He's our way maker, miracle worker. He wants to do more than you could imagine. And some of you have had an experience where it didn't go quite as you planned. And you've been worshiping that experience instead of worshiping God almighty and his ability to flow through and do as he promised over your life. So we got to set those things right this morning. We got to get right on those things and say, Lord, I repent. I've been there myself man. I, I lost hope in that situation because I thought this was going to work out that way, but I know your word is true. You're not man like, like a man that you should lie. So I'm setting my faith again on your faithfulness and I'm going to trust you again to come through in those situations. And we're going to, we're going to see with our eyes, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I just, 
I mean, so much of the body of Christ does not live this way. So many people, and sometimes people think you're crazy. You ever been in settings where you talk this way and people are like, who do you think you are? Do you know who my daddy is? (laughs) You just, do you know him? Well, I know him. And this is what he's really like. And this is what I'm believing for. And I'm not backing down because the Bible says everyone who asks receive, receives and everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Praise God. Praise God. I just want to pray over you for a moment. I know sometimes these messages and these things can cause us to feel like, well, what have I not prayed for? Or have I believed my circumstances um, over God in certain instances? And so it's caused me to be prayerless in a certain area, maybe just one area where you just go, I just got disappointed there. And so now I've been timid to approach God again. And the veil has been torn. He's calling you near. He's saying, yeah, I know what you need, but I love when you ask me to. So I think he's reigniting. I'm believing for some things. I got some, even yesterday, I got some news that might feel disappointing, but when you're hidden in him, it's not, it's just, oh, this is an opportunity, but people don't like to live this way. You know, they don't want to be active and stand on the promise. They just want it quick and easy, but I'm telling you for the long haul, this is going to be good that you catch this and you live this way. Praise God. Praise God. I feel faith rising in the room. Nita um, shared first service. This woman of God has like story upon story. She can tell you about overcoming different things, but I just wanted her to testify, um, to build faith in your hearts. And I'm going to have you stand and we're going to pray over you. Um, when I was learning about how to walk in faith at the rock, um, Dave and I had listened to a, a faith builder about taking territory and our daughter had sold her house because of a, and her husband and family had sold a house because of a real bad neighbor situation. And they were living in a short-term rental and they needed a new house. Well, she sent us an email with a picture of this house that like the, the owner was going to put it up for sale because he had a tenant in it and he was going to sell it. And it was going to be one of those transactions that a real estate, it would never go on the market. It was like this realtor told this realtor, so they were going to do it. So Dave and I listened to this tape about faith builders, actually a CD that dates me, huh? Tape anyways, but we got done and he looked at me and I looked at him and he goes, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And I'm like, yeah, that pick that that's a, that's our daughter's house. They needed a house cause they were living in a, like I said, a short term rental. So we went in and brought the picture up on the computer. We laid hands on it and we prayed for it. They went into escrow. They agreed on a price and then, you know, with an, with a contract, they had a, you know, they asked for some things to be fixed. Well, the 10 days came up and the other realtor wouldn't respond to them. So my daughter called me at work and said, mom, um, we're supposed to release $27,000. And what should we do? And I said, it's your house, release the funds. When I got off the phone, I called Dave and I'm like, you're not going to believe what I just did. Because my, I knew, like, that's what came out of my mouth. That's what words of faith came out. But then you stand back and you're like, oh, no, what did I just do? But Dave and I stood in prayer for that house. And it wasn't a money issue. I don't know what happened with the man. But, the, you know, they, they just weren't responding. But they were in a, a legal binding contract. 
But the Lord, like, showed us how to pray, how, to, how that the Lord, the king's heart is in, you know, in the hand of the Lord, and he can turn it whichever way he wishes. So we'd pray that one day. Whatever the Lord put in our hearts to pray, sometimes it was, like, fighting, you know, just battling. And sometimes it was just, like, we knew we had peace. And they closed that deal, like, at 3 o'clock on December 31st. They had a deadline. But I'm telling you this, that you can believe. It was a million-dollar property, and my son-in-law, that wasn't an issue. The money wasn't an issue. It was a house because it's hard to find houses up where they live. But I want you to know that even, like, God put it in our hearts. We knew that was their house, and we were fighting for our children and our grandchildren to have a place to live. But things are going to come when you believe. Like, when you ask and you believe what you say, don't let doubt come. Because when doubt doubt will come, things will happen. But you stand. And what the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. Do not back down because God has no pleasure in when you back down. In Hebrews, it talks about that. You know, And that's what we did. It was hard because sometimes I would shake because it wasn't my money. It wasn't my situation. But you can believe for your family. You can believe for friends. And we stood in the gap. My son-in-law wasn't a believer, but we stood in the gap. And he literally turned to us like, what should I do? And we're like, release the funds. And it was like he listened, you know. So I'm telling you, whether it's property, healing, whatever it is, you know, it. I didn't know faith like I know it now. And I just, like what Anna was just speaking, I learned it. I believed it. I grabbed a hold of it and started with whatever it was. We just started. And it was like all new to me. It was like I walk in a level of faith that I never thought I could walk in. Because God is faithful. And he does what his word says. Praise God. Yeah, I feel the strong sense of the Lord that's just telling you in situations you're in, do not back down. You stand and believe the Lord in that situation. If I could grab you in your faces, each of you and say, 